Entrepreneur on Fire 813. Your life will be magical. Your life will be gigantic and abundant beyond what you can imagine if you just don't sell yourself short. If you're prepared to ignite, then EO Fire is your fuel and thefirepath.com is your launch pad. Prepare to ignite. Set your business apart from the competition by rediscovering the lost art of human interaction. Visit callruby.com slash fire and use promo code fire. In addition to your 14-day free trial, you'll receive 5% off plans plus free activation. Try GoToMeeting for free today to see what it can do for you. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free for 30 Days button. That's GoToMeeting.com for your free 30-day trial. Fire Nation in the house. John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Aaron Young. Aaron, are you prepared to ignite? Oh, yeah, baby. Yes. For over 20 years, Aaron has been empowering business owners to build strong companies and proactively protect their dreams. An entrepreneur with several multi-million dollar companies under his own belt, he has made it his life's work to arm other business owners with success formulas that immediately provide exponential growth and protection. Aaron, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight, so share more about you personally that expound upon the biz. Well, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've never applied for a job. I've, I've only ever had one job in my adult life, and that was uh, vice president of a very large publicly traded company. They recruited me. Uh, otherwise, I've always, always worked for myself, and I, I, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit weird. I, uh, I was telling somebody the other day about the story, and, and I thought, it's been 32 years since I started my first real business. That, that makes me kind of old, and I, I don't feel old, but um, 32 years running businesses, uh, we help business owners be safe and be protected and keep start their business on the right foundation and then follow all the rules that they need to so they can grow, become successful, and have an asset, not just a glorified job with their business. And a little teaser, Fire Nation, Aaron may have a personal story that uh, focuses on this very fact about protection in a little bit here. But before we dive into all that jazz, Aaron, we always start with a success quote and why you chose that quote. So take it away. One of the things that I'm asked all the time, Aaron, what's the, what's the uh, most important advice you can give to entrepreneurs? Because I have over 46,000 clients currently. I've had hundreds of thousands over the years, and I speak to nearly 100,000 business owners a year uh, in live events. And they always, I, I get all, all the time, what should I do? What's the best advice? And I always say, don't, now this isn't my quote, but, but I say, don't listen to the voices of those people who love you the most because they're going to try to protect you and they don't understand how you think as an entrepreneur. And so my very favorite success quote is, believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. Believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. Why do you choose it, Aaron? Because, you know, when, we're, when you have an entrepreneurial mind, it makes you part of a very tiny sliver of the population. And uh, I could go into all kinds of details about that. Suffice to say, most people are satisfied with showing up for work, getting their paycheck, drinking a Slurpee on the way home, and watching the game tonight. They're not thinking about growing and building a business. And so when you're part of a little tiny niche, then people all around you are giving you certain kinds of advice based on their, their perspective, which is not yours. And after a while, a lot of people, me included, sometimes go, am I like freaking out of my mind or is there actually something to this idea I have? And so 
I learned long ago, and I have it up on my whiteboard in my main office. I have it here in my office at home where I'm at today. And it just says, believe your beliefs, doubt your doubts, because mostly the doubts are, are just those niggling feelings that are trying to hold you back. Most of us, if we really are entrepreneurial minded, are seeing a vision of the world that most of the world can't see. We need to have faith in our own gut. You brought me back, Aaron, to my Slurpee days when I was eight years old playing on the, the basketball playgrounds of Alfred, Maine, going out to the country store, buying a Slurpee. And you're so right. So many people have that lifestyle where they go to work, they cash it in, they zone out, they play Minesweeper. The only thing they're looking forward to is, is grabbing a Slurpee at 7-Eleven on the way home, plopping down on the couch, going into zombie state until 9 a.m. the next morning where they're going to cash it all in again. Then they're going to wake up 40 years later and uh, wonder what happens? They've been living the same year for 40 years Oof. over and over and over again. Yeah, that just gives me shivers in a bad way. So, <laughs> Aaron, a week ago, you were ready for Entrepreneur on Fire. You knew what you were going to talk about for your failure story, for your aha moment. But things changed, and things did change for you specifically. And we had a little pre-interview chat, and you have a, a story that you're going to share with us that you weren't necessarily going to a week ago. You weren't maybe even comfortable to share it, but you know it's going to impact our listeners. So without any further ado, tell us that story. So, you know, people see me up on stages. They see me with books that are, you know, out in bookstores. They see me as this guy that runs this good-sized company. And most people don't know this story, and I've always been afraid to tell it. But here's the thing. Back in 2002, I was totally living the American dream, this beautiful wife, beautiful, you know, five kids, a lovely home in the suburbs. Um, I had this successful company, 30,000 business owner clients, making a lot of money. And one day the IRS and the FBI show up at my office door and they're looking for information about a vendor that we were working on. I'm talking, they show up with flak jackets on, their guns are out and they like raid into my office. And I found out later they raided a bunch of offices at the same time. Anyway, they came to my office and they're looking for information about a guy that we had done a lot of business with and we had stopped doing business with almost two years before. Um, I... I understood that they had their guns out and everything, but I couldn't imagine that I was in trouble. And I even asked them, are you guys after me or my company? And they're like, no, we just have questions. I sat and answered their questions. I was not a target of their investigation, but after answering all of their questions and being completely authentic, four months later, I'm indicted on conspiracy charges. They said I knew or should have known what this other guy was doing. And I fought it because I thought this is insane. I can't possibly... I mean, how could they think I did something wrong? I spent almost $2 million fighting that legal battle and realized I couldn't win. And so I I, I took a plea bargain. I went to prison. I spent 14 months and one week in federal prison. I thought it would be the end of my... I didn't, I, I didn't think it'd be the end of my marriage because I have such an amazing wife. We're coming up on our 28th anniversary in February. Unbelievable woman. Great kids. But I thought nobody's ever going to trust me. No one will ever work with me again. Why would anybody trust me? Everything I'm going to ever say has a little caveat that says felon next to it. Right. Like that little Barry Bonds asterisk of 77 home runs. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Lance Armstrong, you know, you were doping. Sorry, dude. You, you, you know, you, you doesn't matter anymore. So I went, I did it. I, I got out of there eight years ago. Now my client or my company is almost, I don't know, 60% bigger than it was then. I'm, I'm doing all these things all over the world. What I found out by going through prison, 
remember, I wasn't defrauding anybody. There was, it was, so it was kind of innocuous. It wasn't like I was, I was uh, abusing people or stealing or something. It was but, basically like you should have been a whistleblower. Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah. It's like you should have done something because you either knew or you should have known. You were close enough. You should have known what this other guy was doing. So anyway, I went through it. But what I, what I thought would end up being the big stain on my character and the end of my business life has in a weird way taught me lessons, which I hadn't ever wanted to really talk about in public, but they really shaped me as an individual. Now I'm finding out every time I tell that story, which has only just started, but it's been a lot in the last 10 or 12 days. um, Everybody goes, Oh, let me tell you my story. Or I've been there too, or I'm going through something bad now, divorce, uh, death, cancer, you know, loss of a child, can't find a job, mm. whatever it is. Everybody has their thing. Yeah, of course. But I tell you, but the thing you think is going to kill you, the thing you think is going to wipe you out may, may just be like rocket fuel to take you to a whole new wonderful place. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that was going to be your rocket fuel? I mean, definitely not Aaron Young at that moment in time. And No, no. God, we've all had you know those terrified dreams that we've woken up and been like, oh my God, thank goodness that's not true. And unfortunately, that was not a dream. That was reality that you were living and terrifying to say the least. And you know, Aaron, this is something that we didn't discuss in the pre-interview chat. So maybe it is taboo. Maybe you can't actually reveal this, but I'm going to ask anyways. And you can just say no if you can't. But what did the other guy do? Like, why was this such a big hooba? Well, you know, what's funny is that he didn't really do anything. So this, he owned a bank. He was an American guy who had become wildly successful, started multiple public companies, made lots of money for lots of people. All those businesses are still in business, still publicly traded. Everything's fine. But the, the IRS had come after him and they found out that among all of his companies, he had an offshore bank and an offshore trust company, fully licensed, fully bonded, uh, correct. You know, uh, Bank of Montreal was their correspondent bank. wasn't doing anything wrong. wasn't doing any investment stuff. Just was a, a basically a wire transfer bank. Money in, money out. Make money on wire transfers and on little spreads on the interest. You know, basis points. But they they went after him, and he had thousands and thousands of thousands of clients. Some of which we had sent to him through law firms that we work with, and. All they could ever come up with against him was that they alleged uh, tax evasion from a few. They ended up indicting 11 or 12 out of hundreds and hundreds of clients that went to the grand jury. Only a few of them were indicted. They just really wanted this guy. He was an American doing mm-hmm. something that was not popular with the IRS at that moment. But, you know, if you look at the, the last two presidential candidates, both Obama and Romney, both had almost all of their wealth in Cayman Islands. Oof. So, I mean... That was disclosed and when they were running. Nothing, nobody got cheated out of anything, but the IRS said, you guys didn't pay your fair share for a few clients. And they said that because we sent clients to this guy, we were part of it. And he ended up going to uh, jail for five years. He's out now and uh, is running a great business, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. again, and helping lots of people again. <sighs> I mean, it's a, it's a crazy thing. But so... I don't know if you'll use that in the interview, if you'll cut it off. No, we're we're, we're actually using this in the interview, guaranteed, all the way. Um, I think it really ties it all together. And, you know, sometimes it's just, it's really frustrating. You know, the fact that sometimes the IRS needs to justify their existence. They need to have a poster child for, you know, somebody that's doing something wrong to to say that, oh, you know, look out, the bad guys are around the corner. And, you know, who knows sometimes. It's just frustrating to feel powerless. And I feel like, like that's why a lot of people resonate with you, Aaron, in your story, because, 
you were just powerless to what the IRS was going to do. They were adamant that this was going to be it. And no matter how much money you spent and how much defense you showed, like you were going to jail, like you were going to um, pay for this quote unquote crime that they claimed that you committed. But what I want to do now, Aaron, is do a clean break because I feel like we really did that justice that you shared that incredibly powerful struggle, obstacle in your life, the rocket fuel that you use from that to, to go on to greater success. And you kind of tied it all together with, you know, why that person was indicted himself. What is an aha moment? What is an epiphany, a light bulb that you've had at some point in your journey? And there's been many, Aaron, that you've had throughout your journey, but share one of those moments. Take us to one of those moments in time and tell us that story. I was sitting with a 747 captain for United Airlines. He was number 42 or 43 of all the employees at United. So he's a, he had a lot of tenure. Oh, yeah. And and he was also the guy that taught the Air Force One pilots how to fly Air Force One, that big 747. And we were talking. He was explaining to me the significant responsibility that he had as a pilot to even as a 747 captain with all this experience, he still had to do a detailed flight plan. He still had to physically inspect the 747. He had to check all the lights and make sure everything was perfect. He had to listen to the tower and tell him exactly what to do. And every time he got close to a tower, anywhere he was flying, they told him what to do. And yet, if there was a critical moment, his main responsibility, which he had full authority to, to um, deal with, was to keep that airplane and those passengers safe. And so he had to follow all this protocol, but in, in a critical situation, he had full uh, ability without being punished to do what he needed to do to do his job. And as I heard him telling the story, we were sitting down at, at dinner one night and it was just about him and being a, a pilot. And I thought, you know, I can apply that to being an employer of many, many people. Right. I thought if we can give our employees um, very, very bright lines, this is exactly what... Um, your job description is. These are the resources you have available. This is how you're supposed to conduct your business and give them bright lines, right? And say, this is exactly how to do it. Very detailed. And then let them within those lines, uh, make their job their own, make their job a little personal, let them feel some ownership. And especially in a critical moment, you're on the phone with a client, you're trying to close a deal, you're trying to solve a problem. You don't have to go up through three different layers of management. You can have permission to solve the problem right now, and you're not going to get punished for trying to do the right thing for the client. I, th- I thought, I can make this into a, a, net, or I mean, a process that will work across everybody that works for us. And I started doing that. And just to take it back a step, you want to talk about, so I, I teach, one of the things I teach is build a business that's bigger than you that transcends you, that it become, you build an asset, not a glorified job. And one of the critical elements is empowering your people by giving them knowledge, giving them resources, and giving them permission. And when I heard that pilot story, I thought, oh my gosh, that's how I have to manage my employees. And when uh, the ultimate test of that was go to prison for 14 months <laughs> and leave people to do their jobs. Right. And guess, guess what? You know, do you know the company did great that year because we had good systems. I made nearly a million dollars that year in income while I was there personally. You know, I take home. And that is a true testament of if you build the right system, it will work even when you're, you're not there like stoking the fire. That was a brilliant moment talking to that pilot. 
Now, that's better than the 15 cents per hour that I know people at Alcatraz make, because I just actually took a trip to San Francisco <laughs> and did that Alcatraz tour, and they were bragging about how their inmates made 15 cents per hour doing carpentry and things along those lines. But there's so many things, Aaron, that I love about your story and about what you just shared. And Fire Nation, what I want you to absorb is you are the captain of your own ship, you need some autonomy to thrive. So if you're working in a system that's not giving you autonomy and you're not thriving, fight for some autonomy. You need some of that control when stuff hits the fan, so to speak. And even better, when you become a business owner and you have employees, your employees need autonomy to thrive. You need to give them the, the wheel at times to succeed. Like I have three virtual assistants. I will buy a course and I'll never open up that course. I will just send my VA the login credentials and I'll say, become a pro and then you come teach me everything about this. I'm putting him in that position of the teacher to me and that is giving them a huge autonomy and a lot of pride too that they're teaching me, you know, their employer how to do a certain thing. So Aaron, I love that story. I love that aha moment that you had. Obviously, a light bulb went off, and I think you gave some great takeaways. But I want you to tell another story now, and this story is going to focus on just a moment in time, your proudest entrepreneurial moment. I've thought a lot about that question because I've listened to your program before. I love your program. Thank you. I was so honored to be invited on, and I've thought because I knew you were going to ask me that question. Um, and I hope I, I hope I don't disappoint you, but I want to be really honest in my answer. I get up on stages and I speak, and I have all these people that come up. Now I went and spoke to a group the other day, and I said, "How many of you? Because remember, we've been around for a long time. How many of you are already a Laughlin Associates client? Raise your hand." And like you know, fifteen percent of the room, their hands went up, and it was a pretty big room. There were hundreds of people there, and I thought. It was the first time I'd ever been in front of this audience, right? I'd never been with this company before. And I, I thought one or two people would raise their hand. And the hands went up. And I thought, I have, it occurred to me after the talk, I have no fear of facing any of those people. I have no fear that they're going to come and feel bad about anything we've done. I have no fear that they're going to say, you guys really let me down or I can't count on Laughlin. So my proudest entrepreneurial moments are... And this happens to me every week. I go someplace and someone will come up and say, I'm already your client. And let me tell you about this person or that person or the other person in your office who I just love, who just does such a great job. I'm telling, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, and it's choking me up because my, I get out in front of lots of people and I can't be the service delivery for everything that I promise people. And when my staff does a terrific job, and makes me look good and make me be honest from the stage or from an interview like this. It's the proudest thing I can imagine because I know we've surrounded ourselves with great people and we've given them the opportunity to thrive. That, I think, is way better than any one single thing I've ever done. Aaron, thank you for being honest with us. Thank you for wearing your emotions on your sleeve like that. I mean, the fact that you care so much and you're so genuine and being so transparent with Fire Nation today, I know that you are making a believer out of a lot of of Fire Nation listeners. And for that, my friends, we commend you. And what I want to do is bring things to present times because I want to talk about the Aaron Young right now because there's a lot of things going on, buddy. You have a lot of cool things going on. But what is that one thing? that has you most fired up right now? 
you're going to love this. So I do have a lot of things. Yeah. For, year, for years and years, I've been standing behind my brand and being the CEO of a very wonderful, successful business. Uh, I'm, I am finally deciding to be not Aaron Young, CEO of Laughlin, but also not going away, but also being just Aaron Young, small business thought leader, because I do all of these things. And so I guess the thing I'm most excited about right now, and I have a big 2015 coming up, the thing I'm most excited about is January 1st, we're launching, I'm launching a podcast yes, called The Lookout. And I'm really excited about it. And you know what it's going to be? I've told you a couple of stories right here on this visit. It's just going to be about 12 to 15 minutes of me telling a story from all of my world travels, taking that to a business principal and giving a couple of nuts and bolts. Just give somebody, instead of listening to a couple of songs on the radio, you'll listen to this and maybe just kind of have that easy listening of business talk. You know, I'm just going to tell a story, give you something to think about, hopefully share something I've learned by kind of failing forward for 32 years. Failing forward. And Aaron, you couldn't be launching at a more opportune time. In fact, by the time this episode goes live, your interview or your podcast will be live as well. So Fire Nation, make sure to go check that out for sure. Because this is the year that people are going to say no to radio. Ooh, that could actually, I like that tagline. Say no to radio. radio. Dot com. I already got it. Oh, I'm crying. No, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love that because, listen, when you can choose on-demand targeted free content, which is what defines a podcast, you will. Because why would you not? I mean, I don't have to convince the people that are listening. They obviously did. But the reality is this is the year that podcasting continues to supplant radio as the major form of audio, especially within cars, especially with people that are by themselves. So great stuff for you, Aaron. I'm excited because of the message that you have to share is so powerful, so impactful. And we're not done with you yet, my man. We are about to enter the lightning round. But before we get into that, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. In my experience in the online space, I found that communication and collaboration are key to maximizing your potential. Your ability to connect with others, regardless of whether or not you're in the same place physically, is integral to your success. That's why I highly recommend Citrix GoToMeeting. We have only so much time in a day, and using GoToMeeting is a great way to meet with clients, customers, and even your own team from the convenience of your computer, smartphone, or tablet. It's also incredibly efficient. You can use GoToMeeting to meet with people around the world anytime and from anywhere. GoToMeeting even allows you to share screens to review documents and presentations in real time. And with their built-in HD video conferencing, you can see each other face-to-face to engage and connect on a whole new level. Try GoToMeeting for free today and see what it can do for you. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free for 30 Days button. That's GoToMeeting.com for your free 30-day trial. Great businesses are driven by great customer experiences, and that's a fact. According to the American Express survey, three in five people would try a new brand or company for a better service experience. That's more than 50%. That's what makes Ruby so great. Their highly trained team of receptionists can handle all your nationwide calls with a perfect mix of friendliness and professionalism. With Ruby, you'll elevate your business to stand out from the competition simply by being there when your customers need you most. At Ruby, it's not just about what they do. 
It's how they do it. Think of Ruby as your company's ambassador. Exclusive offer, Fire Nation. Use promo code FIRE. And in addition to your 14-day free trial, you'll receive 5% off all pricing plans plus free activation, a $95 value. That's callruby.com slash FIRE, promo code FIRE. Aaron, welcome to the lightning round, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? I'm ready for you. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Okay, so as I said earlier, I've always been an entrepreneur. I started my first stuff when I was 14 years old. But here's the thing that is for your people to remember. I have many times found myself fearful of trying something totally new, right. like going from business business to real estate. And then I did my first real estate deal. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just made $40,000 in like 45 days. Why didn't I do that before? You know, and I, right now I'm afraid of this podcast, but I'm doing it anyway. So my, I think the thing that holds us back is our fear. So remember, believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts and just try stuff. And sometimes, Fire Nation, like I hope Aaron's realizing, and in fact, I know he is, is that if it is fearful, if it is making you scared and uncomfortable, go towards that fear because your comfort zone is is right there and there's a big bubble of your comfort zone. A dot outside of that circle, that's where all the magic happens, Fire Nation. Go get that magic. And Aaron, what is the best advice you've ever received? This is new. So I was trying to figure out, I'm trying to make this switch from just being the CEO to being the to being me, right? Being out there in front. And I was talking to this friend of mine, brilliant guy. I would love to tell you about all about him. He should be on the show. Cool. But the point is, is he said to me at one moment, he said, Aaron, it's much more important to be sure than it is to be right. And I thought, oh, that's pretty good. In other words, don't, we can become paralyzed trying to make the right decision. It's more important that we just make a decision and go after it. We can always change our mind, but we just need to be set on a specific goal and go for the goal instead of sitting on our hands going, well, I don't know if I'm doing that right or if it's exactly the right time or I have the right amount of money or it's the right partners, the right product. Just it's more important to be sure than it is to be right. So clear, so true. And share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. Okay, I meet a lot of people. And um, actually, Martin Sheen, the very famous actor, oh, yeah. I, I observed this with him. I knew this principle, but I observed it with him in a conversation with me. And I thought, I have to be like that. And it's this. We were in a huge crowd. Everybody wanted to be with Martin Sheen. I was with him for about 15 minutes. He focused exclusively on me. He never looked over my shoulder. He never tried to be in a hurry, never looked at his watch. When he was with me, he was completely with me. And I thought, he made me feel special. He doesn't even know my name. He doesn't remember that exchange. But I remember it, and I'll never forget, when you're with somebody, make them the most important person in the world at that moment. Give them your full attention. Be engaged in the conversation. Be energetic. You'll make a difference to them, and you may learn something yourself. Gosh, I love that. Aaron, do you have an internet resource like Evernote that you can share with our listeners? Sure. I told you I've been in business 32 years. That means I'm kind of <laughs> older than a lot of your listeners probably. I actually just so, turned 35 today. So you're okay. So my whole career, you, you know, you, you, it has been your whole life. <laughs> so, okay. Two things though that I do love and I don't know how I do without them. One is Dropbox. I use it all the time because yeah, I have right. content heavy stuff and I have a big team and they're in lots of different areas, different countries. So we use Dropbox a lot, which saves my 
tail. Used to be FedEx envelopes. Now it's Dropbox. Ugh. Hooray. Second thing is, now this is an interesting one that maybe you'll, you'll love or maybe you'll go, oh, I never thought of that or whatever. Southwest Airlines. I'm a devoted Southwest Airlines customer. Uh, companion pass. You know, my wife flies free everywhere. I, they, are, they are my airline. I have discovered that so many things that I thought I had the individual apps for this hotel, this car rental, this whatever, Southwest dot com. If you go in there, you, I just did a car rental where I had to be in different cities and it saved me over a thousand dollars by going through southwest.com instead of going directly through the car rental company to, because somehow they just took off drop fees. Right. They took all this stuff. And I thought, who'd ever thought of that? And then I started talking to people and they're going, Oh, I know you save so much money if you use them. Who knew? So <laughs> that's, a, that's turned into one of my very favorite resources that's online. Now, Aaron, I know you have a lot of books that you could recommend over the course of your entrepreneurial lifetime to Fire Nation, but if you could only recommend one, what would it be and why? I'm anxious to tell you this, and I'm dying to know how many other people have said this on your program. <laughs> if, I, if I could only give one book to change somebody's life, to make all the difference in, their, in them developing, becoming an entrepreneur, or deciding if they even should... It would be The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. Only three others. Only three others ever? Yeah, of the 813 episodes. Uh, That book, if you will read that, because here's the the takeaway, kids. Um, It's only about 45 pages long, the whole book. It was written in like 1918. I, I read it in one sitting. Yeah, it's super easy to read. Well, actually, it's not easy to read because he uses a lot of language that's not familiar to yeah, us. Yeah, I was lucky like, I had my Kindle because you can like do the little like uh, look up right there. That was key for that book. Yeah, you've got to get your head into it. But here's the, can I give you guys a hint? Yes. If you will read that book, just one time for interest, read it cover to cover, it'll take you, well, you know, it'll take you 30, 40 minutes at the most. Yeah, it was like an hour, yeah. Yeah, maybe an hour. Then go back and read chapters four, seven, eleven, and 14. 4, 7, 11, and 14 every day for 30 days. If you miss a day, go back start and start over. again. <laughs> and um, you know who gave me that advice was Bob Proctor. He, we were sitting backstage at both getting ready to speak in an event. Yeah. I know him relatively well. Not, we're not best friends, but we see each other often. And um, he, said, he said, you know the chapters? And I said, what? And he said, 4, 7, 11, and 14. I'd actually been told the same thing by Mary Morrissey. I don't know if she's ever been on the program, but one of the most brilliant women on the planet. Um, they both had told me four, seven, eleven, fourteen. Bob Proctor had told her, then they both told me. I'll tell you, it will change your life. Wow, thirty days. Thirty days. Thirty day challenge. I mean, come on, Fire Nation. I'm let's throwing it down right let's now. Let's take a challenge. Days. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. I am taking this challenge. Period. Do it. I'm Do doing it. A guy- can I tell you one fast? I know you're short. I just was with a guy. I saw him at a conference. I hadn't seen him for a few years. He had called me a year ago. Well, a year ago, October, and said, I- I'm suicidal. I think I'm going to lose my marriage. I'm broke. They're foreclosing my house. Everything. My whole life is in the pits. Yeah. What do I do? I- I've seen, I know you went to jail. You bounced back. Everything's good. Like, wh- what do I do? I said, get, do two things. Write a vision statement in longhand, no more than one sheet. Look at it every day. Describe exactly your perfect life or your perfect business or whatever your goal is. Do that and get the science of getting rich and read chapters 4, 7, 11, 14 every day for 30 days. It'll change your life. So I see him. I said, oh my gosh, I thought, you know, last time I talked to you, you were about ready to, you know, jump off a bridge or something. And he <laughs> said, I said, what happened? He said, Aaron, it's great. I'm making 50 to 60,000 a month in real estate again. I'm back on top. My, all my things are paid off. I mean, my marriage is back. Everything's awesome. My life is fantastic. 
I said, oh, I'm so glad to hear that. What happened? He said, I did exactly what you told me. Exactly. Four, seven, 11, and 14, Fire Nation, the science of getting rich. And I just have to ask this quick side note. I mean, you kind of said it pretty casually, but does it ever still kind of like weird you out when people say, yeah, like, so I know you went to jail and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, there, I did go to jail. Like, that is weird. It, um, I think about it every day. You do. Yeah. And so it's, but I don't feel, I don't think about it in a way that makes me feel guilty. I feel, I think about it every day because I'll get, I I was just doing a thing in Hollywood, California and I, I couldn't, it was last minute and I couldn't get a hotel room. I don't know what was going on in Hollywood, but I couldn't get a decent room. So I checked into the days in on Sunset Boulevard and it was this little kind of smelly hotel. I was on the second floor right above the boulevard. Ah. It's noisy all night. And I'm laying there in this bed going, what the heck? How did I end up here? And then I thought, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I've been in a worse place. I, I've slept in a worse bed. I've, I've had worse noise. I've had more distraction. I mean, every single day, every day, I'm grateful for my life because I know that there's something much, much more uh, difficult that I've already been through and I made it through it. And there's so much more to that story that we can talk about offline, but all I'll, all I'll tell you is um, be grateful every day. So when I think about the jail story, it doesn't weird me out. It, it continues to amaze me how my life has not just, I haven't survived. I've had this explosively wonderful experience since then. No, I love that attitude. And it's the power of perception, Fire Nation. And Aaron, why I, you know, even at only at 35 years of age, can honestly resonate with that is because I spent 13 months um, in Iraq on a tour of duty um, fighting uh, a war. And I mean, when you're in that kind of situation, in a lot of ways, that is like a jail. And it's even worse in a lot of ways than a jail because there are, are actually a lot of people with a lot of really heavy-duty equipments and, and arms and ammunition trying to kill you. And so the other day, I was going to go for a walk here on our beautiful bay in San Diego, and it was raining out, which never happens in San Diego. And Kate's like, well, I guess you're going to skip the walk today. I'm like, are you crazy? I'm like, it's, it's raining out a little bit. Like, I can remember, like, back to some a lot worse times and walking around a beautiful <laughs> bay in San Diego when it's raining out. I mean, I think I can handle this. And Fire Nation, that's the perception that, you know, you want to put yourself in. It's not easy because we acclimate as humans, but you got to do it. And Aaron, this next question is the last of the lightning round, but it is a doozy, my friends. Okay. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world that's identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? First thing, I'd probably get something to eat and some caffeine because I'd know I'd have a lot to do. <laughs> but um, the, the next thing, I think what I would do is, um, if it was just like Earth, I would, I would Google... And find out who in, in the space that I know a lot about, who's influential, who's, who's really doing something. And I would try to aggressively get a hold of that person or those several people who are really game changers, thought experts in things that I'm good at. And I would get to them because if I have everything I have now, I can make a giant difference for somebody. I get paid oh, yeah. a lot of, lot of money a day to sit and talk to people, a lot of money per hour. Uh, uh I know that if I, if I could find the right people with one conversation, if I could just get through to them, I could very, very quickly put myself into a place where the main thing I'm going to do with that $500 is buy a plane ticket to get to them because after that, we'll be making tens of thousands of dollars a month right away. So uh, when I first read the question, I thought, what would I do for my early days 
you know, of trying to make money. How could I take, you know, buy gumballs and, you know, take a penny <laughs> gumball and sell for a quarter? I thought, no, that's chump change. I know, I know how to make tens of thousands of dollars a month. Right. Uh, that's what I would do. I'd find out who do I need to be working with and I'd get to them as fast as I could. Love this message. Love the vibe. And Aaron, let's end it today on fire, my friend, with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, then we'll say ah, goodbye. I love that. Um, well, first of all, you can, you can go to uh, Aaron Young at LaughlinUSA.com. That's my email address, Aaron Young, A-A-R-O-N-Y-O-U-N-G at LaughlinUSA.com. You could also go to AaronScottYoung.com forward slash opt in if anybody wants to help me launch that podcast, if anybody wants to listen to it or, or wants to help. That would be a great way to connect with me. And one parting piece of guidance. I love Les Brown's quote. It's not that people aim too high and miss. It's that they aim too low and hit. And I think that don't be afraid of your dreams. Don't think they're too big. Believe in yourself and your life will be magical. Your life will be gigantic and abundant beyond what you can imagine if you just don't sell yourself short. Boom. Aaron Young coming at you live, Fire Nation. And you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with Aaron and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Aaron in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up. And Aaron, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much for joining me today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head over to eofire.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. If you're digging this podcast thing, check out our podcast workshop today at freepodcastworkshop.com. See you there.